0: People get excited about the I do's and the I wills when it's wedding time. It's a beautiful thing to dream about the blissful day with the one you love. But too often, we are not taking the time to consider the reality of the day-to-day living or securing our future. It is absolutely necessary to consider life after the honeymoon. I am Dr. Sabrina Ellis, and welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future. Welcome to Wife Life Securing Your Future, a podcast that is part of the D3 podcast network. In my last two episodes, we discussed estate planning the probate process, and how to plan for unexpected things in your life. If you miss those episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to them when you have a moment. I'm sure they will be meaningful to you. Today, we're going to discuss the dreaded B word. Whether you are married, divorced, or widowed, no one likes The B word, we want to do the things we want to do and we want to buy the things that we want to buy at the moment, in that moment, that very instant. If we think it, we want to do it. I've been guilty of the same thing, but we can't always do that. This can't always happen. Have you guessed yet what the B word is? The word is budget. A budget is simply a plan for your money. Budgeting means that you know where your money is going and where you want it to go. It goes exactly where you want it to go, even before the month begins. It brings freedom, not a straitjacket. It is being intentional with your money, budgeting helps to achieve your goals. I know it's hard, it's difficult, it seems impossible in many cases, but it can be done. Joining me today to discuss this uh, topic, this B word, this whole idea of budgeting is Dr. DeForest D. Soares. He is the author of Say Yes to No Debt, let me say that again, he is the author of Say Yes to No Debt, 12 Steps to Financial Freedom. He is also the CEO of Corporate Community Connections. Welcome Dr. Soares, I am so excited to have you with us today, thank you. Dr. Ellis,
1: Ellis, thank you so much, your book Wife Life has had such an impact on me that I'm going to share with you some things that I've done recently as a direct result of reading your book. So I'm honored to be with you and and I appreciate your leadership and your friendship.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. Let's jump right in with a few questions that I'm sure some of our listeners may have as it relates to budgeting. Uh, That first question would be, how important is it How important is it for individuals to actually have a budget?
1: Well, you know, I always wondered how different people that I would read about ended up doing some of the things they did with with money because they didn't make much money. For instance, I read about a woman who lived in the South and she left a black college a million dollars when she died, but she was a domestic worker. I read about a custodian who, when he died, left $3 million to local charities in his community. And I'm trying to figure out, how how do people of modest means end up having all of this money when they die? And and then, of course, my own grandmother. My grandmother was a seamstress. Uh, She had six children. She had a husband who could not work to support the family because he was physically disabled. And when she died, she owned three houses paid for, no mortgage at all. And what I came to realize was that they used their money strategically and the strategy was basically summarized in their budgets. And so if my grandmother saw something nice that she liked, a new purse or new pair of shoes, she would only buy it if it fit within her spending plan. And when I began to change my own life and use biblical principles to, get out of debt and to get out of uh, having a negative net worth. You know, I read Luke chapter 14, where Jesus was really talking about the cost of discipleship, but within the context of his teaching, he said, who would build a tower without first counting the cost? He wasn't even talking about money, but he assumed that people understood that common sense prevails when you don't spend before you plan. And so that's really the power of the budget, and I can tell you that my my, net worth today is far beyond what I ever dreamt it would be, and it really started not with making more money, but by having a budget, a disciplined strategy for using the money that I made.
0: That uh, is amazing. Uh, the, the examples that you've given are absolutely amazing. I love the term spending plan. Uh, for those of us who have struggled with uh, that one word, that B word budget, spending plan sounds a lot um, more pleasant, if you will. <laughs> what are some of the things that um, you would suggest that people should do um, when, when assessing their finances and preparing um, themselves for a spending plan? What, what's first?
1: Well, the two or three key things that we teach in our D3 curriculum are these. Number one, uh, take a month and write down everything you spend and what you spend it on. Whether you spend it in cash, credit cards, debit cards, checks, but, but write it down. What I discovered early in my adulthood was that I didn't know where my money went. I'd have to borrow money from my dad and say, dad, can can I get $50 to payday? And he'd say, well, yeah, but why why do you work and don't have 50 and I work and do have 50? And I'd say, well, dad, I don't know where my money goes. And his response was always, well, it, it doesn't leave home while you're sleeping. I mean, your money goes where you take it. But we lose track, especially when we use credit cards because we don't really track spending. We don't track charging by plastic. So number one, write down every penny you spend for 30 days. And then at the end of that 30 days, look at where your money is going. And then the second step is determine the difference between your wants and your needs and divide up all the money you spend on things you want and the things you need. And then when you begin looking at how much it costs to afford the things that you need, that is the foundation for your spending plan or, or your, your B word, your budget.
0: So what, what are the, some of the common mistakes that people make? Um, I think I heard uh, some a couple of mistakes while you were talking. Um, we don't think about what we're spending and, and we will pull out a credit card uh, thinking that we have control over that, but we're not considering uh, everything that's connected with using the credit card. So, it either uh, elaborate a little bit more on that or or share some other common mistakes that people make.
1: Well, in the book say yes to no debt, we talk about three types of spending. And I had to grapple with all three because I was I was doing all three. Type number 1 is what we call compensatory spending where we're spending really for um you know, because we don't feel good we, 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 about anything, and we go out and shop. and so compensatory spending is is uh, when our boss makes us mad and we go retail therapy and spend money. so that's 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 type number one, and we're spending money as it were, for emotional significance. And then th- the second mistake we make is is um, when we spend money. For status, you know, I was addicted to a certain designer label, I won't say which one, and it's, it's what the old sociologists used to call conspicuous consumption. So we call it in D3 conspicuous spending. We're buying things that are conspicuous, they make us look good, but they take money that we don't need to be spending. And then the third mistake we make is confuse spending, where we're spending money and it's just stupid. The way we spend the money does not make sense. And for instance, I tell the young people who are recent college graduates, if you owe $50,000 in student loans, you you can't afford to pay somebody $25 to to wash your car. You know, you got to wash your own car and take the money you would have paid the car wash and add it to your minimum payment on your student loans. So this compensatory, conspicuous, and confused spending contributes to us losing control and losing track of the money that we have. And it's easy to do now because marketing is so powerful. I looked at a shirt not long ago on online. I looked on my phone at, at a shop where I buy shirts. And now every time I go on my phone, the shirt shows up, you know, and after about four or five times, you figure the Lord must want you to buy the shirt because it keeps <laughs> following you around. So so we have to resist the temptation of spending simply because there's a sale or we feel better if we spend something on, spend money on something new. And that's why I believe this is a spiritual uh, issue. I don't think it's about money. I don't think it's about numbers. I think it's spiritual because emotionally we become attached to having certain things and going certain places and looking a certain way. And it costs money. And until we can detach our emotions from our spending then our money is gonna get away from us um, much more often than we'd like it to.
0: Then you would say, this is very much a lifestyle change.
1: Oh, it's absolutely a lifestyle change. You know, the Bible says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. We fall in love with things. And when we fall in love with things, we need money to buy the things. When we run out of money, we use credit cards and go into debt. So it is a lifestyle. And I have learned to be even more content driving a five-year-old car without car payments than a brand new car that cost me five or $600 a month. 30 years ago, I would get the most expensive car they would lend me money to buy. And I'd do it at least every two years. I wouldn't drive a car that was more than two years old. And I was paying big chunks of my income to car payments on cars that I felt I needed to drive to be who I was. Now I could, I could drive a 10 a year old Honda as long as it works well, as long as it doesn't break down, as long as I keep it clean,
0: I'm fine. Well, what are some of the things that, that um, people should consider when they're preparing um, their, their spending plan or their budget? Um, what should they account for? What should be included?
1: Well, uh, first, I think we have to distinguish between bills and debt. That's number one. Debt only becomes bills when we stay in debt so often that we can't imagine getting out of it. There are certain things we just need. We need a place to live. We need uh, clothing. We need food. You know, we have certain needs. We need insurance. We need savings, especially for emergencies. And so we really have to start with our needs but we don't need 800 TV stations. Most of us only watch six six stations anyway. So we we have to look at our needs and then make life choices based on those needs. I need transportation, but I don't need a Bentley. I need shoes, but I don't need red bottoms. (laughs) So it's it's making those distinctions and then figuring out um, how to pay for those needs. If you discover that your needs, your absolute needs exceed your income, then you have to figure out a way to increase your income. And there are plenty of ways to do that. People will pay you to babysit their house while they're on vacation. People will pay you to walk their dogs. I mean, there there are a number of things you can do without any education, without skills. And then there are a number of things you can do with education and skills. You and I have both been pastors. You and I are now both retired but there are things retired pastors can do to generate more income if our basic income doesn't satisfy our basic needs. But the first step is to make sure our money is focused on the right things. And that's where the budget comes in.
0: It sounds like a lot of work, but I also hear within what you're saying, the benefits um, of doing this. When we talked about lifestyle change, for someone who has been living the three C's that you mentioned um, for so long, what do you recommend the first step? Now, I know you talked about the, the taking the 30 days to see how you're spending your money, but what is the first thing that will actually get a person to move forward to doing the work? of a spending plan? Well, you know,
1: I think my least favorite activity in life, going to the dentist. I mean, I think I'd rather go to jail than go, I mean, I don't like the dentist, I never have and I never Mm -hmm. will. But what I discovered about the dentist is this, it's when the discomfort of not going exceeds the discomfort of going, that's when I go to the dentist. And so whether it's fear of pain, whatever the negative feeling is, what, what I learned as, as a younger person was that I would not go to the dentist until the pain that I experienced right now exceeded the pain that I would potentially experience by going to the dentist. I apply the same thing to my finance. You know, I got in trouble with the IRS one time and I discovered that the pain of dealing with things early was less than the pain of waiting for things to deal with you. And so what I encourage people to do is to realize that you're going to do the work one way or another. You'll either be forced to do it because a bill collector will show up or because a repossession will occur or because of some other disappointing experience in life. And so get in front of it, but you have to admit what your challenges are. My challenge was overspending. Other people's challenges could be um, having the inability to pay for a medical bill. But whatever the challenge is, we have to really admit and confront the challenge and then take charge and not let the challenge take charge of you.
0: Lifestyle change. (laughs) What, how important is it when you get to the end of the month, you go to the 30 days and you're assessing your spending, but when you get to the end of the month, how important is it to, to assess the amount of money you've spent versus uh, the projected spending plan?
1: Well, what, what's interesting is that uh, that's really a first step because for instance, certain bills don't come every month. I don't pay my car insurance every single month. <clears throat> Excuse me. I pay my car insurance every three months, which means that um, that's even uh, a more important reason to have a budget because I need to have enough money left at the end of the month to build up and enable me to pay the bills I'm going to pay every three months. So if I, if, in other words, if I'm broke at the end of, of any month, it means that I've not kept enough money aside for those bills that come every three months or every six months. I've not kept enough money aside for emergencies. And so as I'm spending, I have to compare what I'm spending to what I have budgeted to spend. My wife and I have enjoyed a much better relationship since we started having a mutual budget. It, is, it literally saved our relationship because there were things she wanted for the house and there were things I wanted for us, and sometimes we couldn't afford to do both. But now at the beginning of the year, we know how much money we're gonna spend on furniture, how much money we're gonna spend on on clothing, how much money we're gonna spend on travel. And so if we have, let's say we have $5,000 budgeted for clothing, if she spends $4,999 in January, she's stuck with with the same clothes for the rest of the year. (laughs) Because she's, she's used her budget. <clears throat> and likewise, if, if I've got um, travel or golf lessons in the budget and, and they cost $5,000, and if by the end of March, I've spent $5,000 on that item, I'm done for the rest of the year unless the Lord sends some extra money. So what, what budgeting does, it, it helps you <clears throat> not only analyze and plan your lifestyle, but assess along the way and whether it's every week, I happen to look at mine every week or every two weeks, every four weeks, it's important to compare what you are doing to what you plan to do and then discipline yourself to stick to your plan. What
0: are, uh, and this is is such good stuff. And I'm gonna, um, after this next question or maybe you could tag it on the end of your answer. And that is um, how, our listening audience can get more information um, about how to walk through the budget of the spending plan. But what are some additional tips, just some special nuggets that you can share um, with people so that it doesn't seem to be I know it's work, but maybe there are ways and little suggestions to make it fun, if you will make it a challenge.
1: Well, it's fun having money, (laughs) so...
0: You're right.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's fun seeing a balance in your bank account. It's fun getting a credit card statement and it says zero. It's fun knowing that you can afford to retire and you don't have to go to work at Home Depot just to buy food. So for me, it's it's fun, especially a lot of my background. But to get there, for instance... I've I've urged people take seven minutes a day and look at your finances. So on day number one, it may simply be opening your mail. I, I I had the terrible habit of not opening my mail when I got a bill because I knew I didn't have the money, so I just let the envelope sit there. So day no day number one day number two may be looking at your retirement fund if you have a 401k or a 403b. Someone's investing that money somewhere, and you may on day number two decide I'm going to look check in on my investment accounts, my retirement account. Day number three may be to read an article about money. Day number four may be to um, read a new chapter in a book about money. But but I, I beg people take seven minutes a day minimum, and focus on something financial to ensure that you don't get behind, you keep up with your bills, you're aware of opportunities, you're learning new things, you've subscribed to a new podcast and it was that lifestyle change that changed my life. In, in my book I write about the fact that I love music, I loved R&B music as as a youngster. I don't really understand the R&B music much today, but I used to love, you know, the stylistics, the Delphonics, the Temptations. And I'd listen to those stations in my car every time I drove somewhere. And then I discovered that at the opposite end of the radio dial, there were radio talk shows that talked about money. And I just started listening, same radio, same drive in my car. I just started listening to different radio programs and I got a, a wealth of information about money. The same thing is true of television. The same TV set that has Ratchet Housewives fighting each other and cussing each other out, that, that same television has shows about finance and money, and, and it's just a matter of choosing where you're going to spend your time and where you're going to give your focus. So these are just everyday things people can do to get started, to get control, and to get ahead, and then to give back spiritually what i also discovered was that the more i gave away starting with my tithes and 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 offerings the more i gave away the more money god gave me last year my my i paid more in taxes last year than i've ever made in income in any given year i also gave away more money last year than i ever gave away so you you know the, the reality is um that generosity breeds prosperity
0: that's a sermon <laughs>
1: that's my testimony
0: and i believe it um yeah and and for those who might be listening who may not be necessarily that connected to scriptures or the bible we, there's another way to say it what goes around comes around
1: that's right you reap what you sow
0: absolutely Absolutely. So tell us how we can get more information. Sure. Sure. We, we started in 2005
1: um, with this mission to really help our people with, with our finances and the strategy in large measure grew out of my personal experience. What we found in 2005 was that we needed a brand. It, it couldn't just be information information. We live in an age of marketing and branding, and uh, it had to be something that was easy to say and that was descriptive of the objectives. And so after doing some market research and testing, we came up with the brand, D-Free. The D stands for uh, Debt Delinquencies and Deficits because we, we learned that that debt, living above your means, Delinquencies, paying your bills late, and deficits as living above your means. These were the three major barriers to creating wealth. And then the other deeds were uh, were deposits, having savings accounts and emergency funds, uh, dividends, investing in equities that pay dividends, and deeds having your name on a deed because you own something. So the bad deeds. And the good deeds constituted D-Free and the free is, is short for freedom, freedom from and freedom to. So we have a brand and the, and the place you go to stay connected is D-Free.com, D-F-R-E-E.com. And d connects you to calculators to figure out more about your finances. It connects you to resources. We have partnerships with other organizations that help people with their student loans, and with their debt in general, questions that can be answered by uh, financial professionals. It connects you to our nonprofit foundation, which will give you access to a free online academy where we walk you through the whole D-Free curriculum. And we certainly have testimonies from people who have uh, proven that our process and our strategy works. So Dfree.com is the platform You're one of our top podcasters, uh, encouraging people in general and and wives in particular to make decisions that will help them permanently. And I'm just so excited about working with you and we're excited about spreading the message of financial freedom.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Soris. The key for me, that last statement is wives in particular. Um, We want women to be aware of what's going on in your finances and not wait until it's too late. I appreciate you so much for joining us today, the information that you have shared and the fact that we know that it's going to be work, but it's work that leads to a good, a positive and even sometimes a lucrative end. And so we want you, those of you who are listening to be sure to listen to next month's podcast. Everything is connected. We don't want you to miss anything. If you've missed the previous podcast, please go back and listen. Listen to next month's podcast. We want you to hear what we have to say on wife life, securing your future. Thank you again, Dr. Soares for joining us. You all have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you, Reverend.